Welcome to The Word for Today, featuring the Bible teaching of Pastor Chuck Smith, founder of the Calvary Chapel Movement. This radio program is a verse-by-verse study through the entire Bible. And on today's edition of The Word for Today, Pastor Chuck continues with persecution from the Antichrist, as we pick up in Revelation chapter 13, verse 10. And now, with today's message, here's Pastor Chuck. He that leads into captivity shall go into captivity. Now, the Antichrist is making war against the saints, taking them captive, destroying them. But they that live by the sword will die by the sword. Those that take those believers into captivity will themselves soon be taken into captivity. He that kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. And here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And so it's a word of encouragement to the saints who are going to be experiencing this horrible persecution from the Antichrist. And I beheld another beast, false prophet, coming up out of the earth. He had two horns like a lamb. In other words, he looked like a lamb, but he spoke like the dragon. Jesus said, beware of false prophets who will come to you in sheep's clothing. The one thing about the false prophet is he never looks like a false prophet. Satan never looks like the caricatures of Satan. He does not have horns, a forked tail, and a pitchfork in his hand. And he doesn't wear a red leotard. (laughs) He would like you to think that he did. He would like you to think that he is some grotesque-looking character that would scare the wits out of you if you saw him. He would like you to think that because that way he can go around cleverly disguised as an angel of light, beautiful, speaking such soothing words to the flesh. Why don't you just go ahead and enjoy yourself? Drink of pleasure to its full. Oh, that can't be Satan. You know, he's so charming. It's so enticing. Satan's ugly. I don't see any pitchfork. And that's why he's able to deceive. So the false prophet, he has horns like a lamb. Listen to what he says. Words out of hell. He exercises all of the power of the first beast, which was before him. And he causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly womb was healed. So several times there's the mention of this deadly womb being healed. And it is, it is really sort of the rallying point uh, by which the false prophet draws the people to worship the beast. And he does great wonders so that he makes fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men. Now, uh, you remember... Um, The two witnesses were doing this. They were bringing down fire from heaven. Now, he duplicates it. You remember in the case of of Moses uh, going before the Pharaoh, how that those in Pharaoh's court were, the magicians were able to duplicate to a point the miraculous things that Moses was doing. Moses threw down his rod on the floor. It became a serpent. They threw down their rods, and they became serpents too. 
that duplication of, of godly miracles. Now, Satan is able to counterfeit many of the things of God. He can't counterfeit all of them, but he can counterfeit many of the things of God and does counterfeit many of the things of God. And here is a counterfeit. The two witnesses calling down fire from heaven. Now this fellow comes along and he calls down fire from heaven in the sight of men. And he deceived them that dwell on the earth by means of the miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth, they should make an image to the beast which had a wound by the sword and did live. Now again in 2 Thessalonians, you have parallel type of uh, passages in chapter 2. As the Antichrist is described, he is called whose coming is after the working of Satan with all power and, and signs and lying wonders, with all deceivableness of unrighteousness in them that perish because they receive not the love of the truth that they might be saved. And for this cause, what cause? Because people did not love the truth. The truth of God. Jesus said, I am the truth and the life. But people don't love the truth. And for this cause, if you don't love the truth, God will send to them a strong delusion that they would believe a lie. That they might be damned to believe not the truth, but have pleasure in unrighteousness. So God is going to give them a strong delusion that they might believe in the Greek, it's a definite article, the lie, the big lie of Satan, the Antichrist and the false prophets. So he deceives them. They don't want to believe the truth. God gives them over to delusion. God allows them to be deceived. You know, I am amazed at the things that people believe who have rejected Jesus Christ. When you reject the knowledge of the truth in Christ, you are a prey to all kinds of stupidity. I'm amazed at the foolish things that people do who reject the truth of Jesus Christ. Wear white robes, standing on street corners, shaving their heads and working finger symbols, doing their little chantings, doing their mantras, doing their ohms as they are worshiping their guru, seeing the outlandish things that he is leading them to do as they have mass hysteria, heavy breathing calisthenics followed by uncontrolled screaming, writhing on the floor, screaming. What a prey man becomes who rejects the truth. God says, hey, you don't want the truth, all right? You can believe a lie. You don't want to be wise and receive my grace, then be stupid. And, and people believe and do the most stupid things who have rejected the truth of God. I'm amazed at many of these college professors who, you know, pretend towards superior 
intelligence of some of the weird things that they do, supposedly intelligent men. But because they did not love the truth, God gives them over to a strong delusion, lets them believe a lie. Several years ago, I was invited to come to a meeting of the supposed intelligentsia of Orange County, a bunch of college professors and doctors, and they were supposed to be the cream of the intelligentsia. And uh, I was brought as a specimen of ignorance <laughs> so they could play games and be amused by the fact that I actually believed in a living God who created the heavens and the earth. And so I was brought for their amusement that they could eat me up. And as I sat there during their preliminaries and this one sort of leader of the group of superior intelligence sat on the floor in the lotus position and began to tell me all of his accomplishments and all of his intelligence and everything else, I felt sorry so wise and yet so deceived, so foolish. Finally, after a period of time, they said, well, what do you have to bring to us tonight? <laughs> because they had told me how that they had had LSD sessions, these very intelligent people. They called themselves seekers. They were seeking truth. And they had had LSD, they had had Coke, they had had everything. You know, after all of your seekers, you can excuse anything you want to do, seeking truth. The one sitting in the lotus position declared that he was a Buddhist priest. He'd studied Buddhism under him. I said, well, you know, you've obviously searched through everything. But the fact that you call yourself seekers, you're, you're obviously still searching. I said, maybe in all of your searching, you've overlooked something that you've already searched through. I said, why don't we start with basics? In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. One of them interrupted me immediately and said, now when you say God, are you talking about an anthropomorphic concept of God? And then some other guy started challenging him, and they got in this big rhubarb. <laughs> and as they were in this big rhubarb, I bowed my head, and I started praying. I said, God, if you get me out of this place, I promise I'll never come again. <laughs> I've been neglecting my wife. I haven't spent enough evenings at home with her. Lord, forgive me. I'm sorry. I should be home tonight with my wife and my family, my kids. They need me, Lord, and here I am in this mess. God, get me out of this mess, you know, or do something. Because I knew that there was no way I was going to get anywhere, and I didn't need the hassle. 
So finally, some lady that was there said, would you guys shut up? We hear you all the time. Every week we hear you guys <laughs> going through the same inane arguments. Now, we've invited this fellow to speak to us. The least we can do is listen. So they apologized and said, okay, it's, you, know, you have the floor again. And I looked at them and I said, my soul and spirit are at complete rest. I'm completely satisfied. Hey, they all sat up on the edge of their seats and they started listening extremely attentively because that's something none of them could say. With all of their arguments, with all of their intelligence, with all of their background, none of them could say, my soul and spirit are at rest. I am satisfied. And the Lord allowed me to share for about an hour the richness and the fullness that can be experienced in Jesus Christ. And then the Lord got me out of there. <laughs> but in the succeeding weeks, I had several of them call, come in, and receive Jesus Christ. Because there's only one way that a man can find rest and peace, and that's in and through Jesus. And you may search the world over, and you may have all kinds of bizarre experiences, but you'll never have rest until you have him. But those who refuse the truth are open for deception. And so he comes with deceiving wonders. And they make this image and then they have power to give life to the image of the beast. Now there's a lot of talk lately by some of the far out physicists of creating a computer that can be biologically connected to certain types of organisms and will have life in itself. And, and this bio kind of computer, they've written several articles on it. There's a research group up in Canada that's working on such a thing. Sort of a computer that will be able to think on its own kind of an idea, that one that you can't turn off. And they, they say that this is the next step in the evolutionary process. It'll be higher than man. It'll be able to rule man and give the control, you know, give us the answers to life and its problems and so forth because they can create it with so much more intelligence than man. And that's the talk of the far-out physicist. Interestingly enough, they are going to make an image of the Antichrist, put it in the Holy of Holies of the rebuilt temple, and then they're going to give life to it. Now, this is the ultimate blasphemy. 
This is the abomination which will cause the desolation or the great tribulation. This is the final straw. At this point, the wrath and the fury of God will be poured out upon the earth, and the earth will go through a time of great tribulation such as it has never seen before or will ever see again. When the Antichrist comes to the rebuilt temple in Jerusalem, proclaims himself to be God, stands in the Holy of Holies, the holy place, announcing himself as God, that's the ultimate blasphemy. They set up this image in the temple and they give power to it that it should both speak and, and have life. And they caused as many as would not worship the image of the beast to be killed. Now you have a, sort of a um, historic kind of a picture with Nebuchadnezzar. You remember when he made the golden image, set it in the plains of Dura, and caused everyone to bow down and worship it in order that if anyone should refuse to worship it, that they should be cast alive into the burning fiery furnace. Now the image that he made was making a statement Nebuchadnezzar had had a troubling dream that Daniel had interpreted. It was a great image. Had a head of gold, chest of silver, stomach of brass, legs of iron, feet of iron and clay with ten toes. This dream interpreted was the image were the nations that would rule the world, headed by Babylon, the head of gold, which was to be replaced by the Medo-Persian Empire, the chest of silver, which would be replaced by the Grecian Empire, or the stomach of brass, which would be destroyed by the Roman Empire, the legs of iron, and the final world-governing empire, a relationship to the Roman Empire, ten nations, the ten toes, federated together. And during the time of the reign of these ten kings, the Lord of glory would come and establish his kingdom that would never end. Now, Nebuchadnezzar was making a statement with this image. Why? Because he made it all of gold. Thou, Nebuchadnezzar, are the head of gold. God has given to you a kingdom and reign over the earth and all. But you're going to be replaced. He is saying, I'm not going to be replaced. Babylon will last forever. It was a statement. And people were ordered to pay obeisance to that statement, to acknowledge that Babylon would be eternal. It would not be destroyed. It would not be overthrown. It was a statement of contradiction to God's word that declared that Babylon would be overthrown. It was a statement of rebellion against God. And people were commanded to agree to that statement by bowing down and worshiping the image. And, and you have that as a counterpart to this image being set up and everyone being ordered to worship this image and being put to death if they refused to worship the image.
You remember that right after that, he went insane. Shortly after that, just, and, and spent seven seasons in insanity. Until what? Until he acknowledged that God did rule over the kingdoms of man and would set on the thrones those whom he would. His little statement of blasphemy against God was finally changed. And so they cause everyone, both small and great, rich and poor, free and bond, to receive a mark in their right hand or in their foreheads. Now, there is, of course, already talk about the implanting of computer chips under the skin in a person's hand for a positive identification. It could replace money completely. The computers could keep the whole accounting. The chip would establish your limits and you'd do all your buying and selling with a mark that is in your right hand. return with more of our verse-by-verse Bible study in the book of Revelation on our next broadcast as Pastor Chuck continues to teach through the Bible. And we do hope you'll make plans to join us. But right now, if you'd like to order a copy of today's message, simply order Revelation 13 when visiting the wordfortoday.org. And while you're there, be sure to browse the many additional biblical resources by Pastor Chuck. You can also subscribe to the Word for Today podcast or sign up for our email subscription. Once again, that's the wordfortoday.org. For those of you wishing to call, our toll-free number is 1-800-272-WORD. And our office hours are Monday through Friday, 8 a.m. to 5 p.m. Pacific Time. Again, that's 1-800-272-9673. If you prefer to write, our mailing address is The Word for Today, P.O. Box 8000, Costa Mesa, California, 92628. And now, on behalf of the Word for Today, we'd like to thank all of you who share in supporting this ministry with your prayers and financial support. And be sure to join us again next time as Pastor Chuck continues his verse-by-verse study through the Bible. That's right here on the next edition of The Word for Today. And now, once again, here's Pastor Chuck. May the Lord bless and guide your life May you experience God's power working in your life in a very special way. May the love of Christ just fill your heart and overflow that lives around you might be touched because of what the Lord has done for you. May you be His witnesses, a testimony to others by the love of Christ that shines forth from you. This program has been sponsored by Calvary Chapel of Costa Mesa, California. As Easter is approaching, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ is on the hearts of Christians everywhere and how they might witness this beautiful story to their loved ones. With this in mind, the Word for Today would like to present a special MP3 entitled My Redeemer Lives that includes 14 reassuring messages to answer the significance of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ 
and a life that should bring hope to everyone. Also included is a special presentation of the crucifixion from a doctor's perspective, as well as a powerful salvation message shared by Pastor Chuck. And when you order My Redeemer Lives MP3, we'll include a free CD by Pastor Chuck to witness to your loved ones that Jesus is indeed the Messiah. This CD, entitled A Risen Love, clearly presents the evidence to help others make a decision that will impact their immediate and eternal future. For more information, contact The Word for Today at 800-272-9673 or visit us online at thewordfortoday.org.